These opportunities will give me what I need to level up life. Hey, what's up, beautiful souls? Chad and Eric here, and we just want to welcome you back to another week at the Roundtable. We are so grateful to have you, and we have a wonderful episode in store for you. So, stay tuned and enjoy. I'm excited to do that. Yeah. <laughs> All good. I mean, this is this is what we got, right? And I think, you know, I heard you bring up a good point, uh, or made me think of something on an on a podcast or something you had said in a video that I watched of yours. Like, this gives us us the, the ability to exchange information. Like, and I think whether the, we can be physically together or not, like what we take from you and then what uh, you take from us, you'll be able to enter exchange that today, and that's a that's a fucking beautiful thing. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah, it is. No plane tickets, carbon footprint. <laughs> That's right. <You> know? <laughs> yeah, I appreciate technology. I do. I yeah. do. I really do. Um, it's interesting. How we're using our other than just to travel. Um, how your what phone calls? What purpose do you have on your phone calls? You know, so it's it's important to to how we utilize the AI. Because it's part of consciousness. It's how you use your daily life is how you could use your AI, you know. And, and if you're not using your daily life very constructively, you're not going to use any part of consciousness very constructively. Amen. Dude, that's, Amen. Uh, Just like anything. That's, that's how you use it. Very valuable point. I think because we do the same things. And I heard you talking. We'll get. We'll jump into this in just a second. But like another important point. Like we all have to eat and do whatever we need to do. But your intention and your functionality with that what do you put in or like on social media what do you put out or how do you scroll matters the most yeah mm-hmm. and so, what you're scrolling through huh yeah and what you're scrolling through for sure for yeah. sure yeah because that <laughs> that can be a challenge yeah um i get sick when i do it anyway so i can't do it so i don't do it there's right. a there's a point where i i, I can feel that sickness Definitely, yeah. you just start to feel dizzy. Yeah. Inter, inter, um, interacting with screens too much, especially like with my profession, I look at a computer screen. All my customers are in a data point, you know, in a in a database. So I'm constantly looking at a computer all day. So, yeah, to to, to pour, look at my phone even more doesn't help the situation. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. I hear you, man. <laughs> but <clears throat> anywho. Yeah. Thanks for uh, thanks for joining us today, man. Really appreciate your time, and uh, I'm excited to get to know you a little a little better. Yeah, I appreciate your time, man. I You're appreciate welcome. you guys doing this. You're welcome. Amazing. You're Share welcome. that light, bro. Absolutely, man. So this week at the roundtable for all you listeners, uh, we welcome Jonathan Smith, a brother of mine that I connected with uh, about a year ago, probably. I would say. What What do you think? Many lifetimes I ago, like, I would, <laughs> I would yeah, say, yeah. but yeah. in, in this yeah, lifetime, on Soldier, one of their last, uh, one of their albums at the end, they're like, uh, "How long have you guys known each other?" And they like pause for a second, and they laugh, and they're like, "Forever." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, for you listeners, Jonathan and I connected in this lifetime um, through social media, and we just talked about the power of social media and the power to connect. Uh, Jonathan had reached out and said, hey, man, we should collaborate and do some videos and just put out some wisdom for people to absorb and uh, share our light. 
Yeah. So here, Jonathan is at the roundtable sharing his light with the lights at the roundtable. And we are so grateful to have all you listeners back for another week. Man, Jonathan, what's up, brother? What's up, guys? You, what's up? You want to tell us a little bit about yourself, man, your background? Um, whatever. The floor is yours. Share your light, brother. Okay. Uh, well, to start, um, uh, most people don't know what a foster kid is. And so... That is a child that is either taken out of the custody of their parents or didn't have parents in the first place and goes into the system. So I was in many different foster homes, so 26 placements growing up. And I call them placements because I never stayed at They weren't homes. They were placements right. until I could find another placement or I would act up. Um, and then uh, two years of juvenile off and on growing up. So then I got released from the, um, I say I, but like, that's not who I am. So, uh, I'm, I, I got to, uh, look at my story as though it's an example for right now and not get emotionally involved within that realm, you know, attaching to it in the, that way. So it's just a story. It's a great story. And I was in 20, uh, two years of juvenile hall and then dropped off on my 18th birthday at the men's shelter and told to have a nice day. Um, and so when you're looking at the streets and you're looking at the fact that you don't have any more food uh, and the codependency that you have on the system, you're starting to realize, but you don't realize because you're unconscious. So your anger sweeping you, your frustration, your fear, you know, oh, of, yeah. Of, re yeah, of rejection. And then it's not like you have an appointment set up <laughs> to go to um, meet your next foster home you got to come up with all that, you know? And luckily I had one of my roommates in juvenile hall. His, his uncle was a nurse in there at some time at one point and Michael, and he came to the window and said, uh, he, he asked if I needed anything. And I said, I have a, a hernia on my heart. <laughs> I don't know. It's what, no, I said that. Right. <laughs> so long story short, he actually stopped what he was doing because he wasn't going to have her have kids and he, this is an opportunity to take care of uh, a child because I was still a child mm -hmm. and and I'm well we are all returning to being a child so <laughs> amen <laughs> thank goodness um <laughs> I turned adult way too young um so he bought a house here like he stopped everything he was doing and bought a house in Tulare County um so I luckily out of all the uh, had a place to go whereas like almost all kids out of foster care are either dead in prison or making those same routine steps to go in the sickle but most of us don't make it like most of my friends didn't make it through juvenile hall in the system so um, now I'm sitting here and um, creating retreats and spreading the love and talking to you guys and, but it's been a lot of work Right. It's been a lot of work. And part of what we're going to talk about today is plant medicine and ayahuasca. And deep breathing was one of like the first modalities that I think we all used to start. Like when you're in a really stressful situation, you're like, you find yourself automatically breathing deeper. Or when you stub your toe, you, yeah. you know. We're so getting that, a big sigh. Like, yeah. And you said um, you talked about just not having, uh, you know, parents at all and then being put in. So what, I'm sorry if you said this, but what, what were you? Were you taken out of your home or what can you, what happened? So when I was little, my 
parents were on drugs yeah. and uh, my dad was uh, stealing cars and they were gotcha. taking them apart and stuff. Yeah. Um, and I remember a little bit of when I was a child and like I saw I saw things that I got molested when I was younger. Wow. And I saw after the facts, my dad covered in blood, mm-hmm. you know, at a young age. Wow. Um, I don't remember too much of the happy parts, though. It's a trip. It's like, uh, well, it's like the darkness, the darkness I remember. Yeah. But the light stuff, uh, so the darkness is actually very valuable in that way. And, um, and so I could remember that. And I remember my mom and dad fighting. So anyway, my grand, my grandparents took me at the age of three mm-hmm. and took me in. And after that, it was kind of like they were on point, never argued in front of me. Um, and then at the age of eight, I wanted to go back with my dad at opportunity, but I didn't know about my stepmom. She was not nice until this day. She still does not like me. Uh, went back to Oklahoma. She, she told me, um, she said, you don't, you're not, you're not going to F with my family, huh. you know? And, and, but I was just there to get, to talk to my dad, to get like, get his side of the story, right? you know, of everything. Mm. And that was next to impossible until the last night that I was able to spend with him. So, um, so then I went to go live with him at the age of eight and long story short is I got beat up every day by my step. She just dragged me, um, and rejection cases were happening. All you wanted to do as a child, build a car with your dad. Like <laughs> you right. just want to build a car with them and hang out with them and be with your dad. And I couldn't. So this really, 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 uh, affected me. So when I went back, the CPS, I went to school, um, black and blacked up and my arm, uh, pretty much broken and slinged up. Uh, they, I told them that my stepmom did it, you know, um, yeah. what she had, she had done more beating than my dad, but my dad came home because I had signed, uh, a, a school report wrong. Like, cause I had bad grades cause I couldn't pay attention at that point. But before I had straight A's, I had good grades. And now I couldn't pay attention because I was worried and a fear of like going home and then school, of course, school's not like the best environment for growth. Right. Wouldn't you say, right? Right. So especially for someone that needs a lot of um a lot of interaction, a lot of intelligence. Yeah. And I felt like a scientist, a rocket scientist put in the third grade. <laughs> you know, all the time. So then I had the fear also going into my mom, my back to my dad's house. So anyway, they took me out of the home and put me back with my grandparents and my grandparents couldn't handle me. I was in the kitchen with my sister and, uh, out of nowhere, she was trying to get across to me and, and she said something to me and I said, uh, what did you say B? I don't want to say the uh, word cause I know our words affect things. Right. So it, like I, I, I called her a B and that's not like me. Yeah. Like I didn't, I wasn't, I, I wasn't like that. And then I ran back to my room and I had my PlayStation, you know, that PS, you know, um, uh, playing Gran Turismo, which is a great game um, <laughs> <laughs> at the time. And, uh, and my step, my, my, what, my aunt, she's older. She's about like 23 at the time. She came in and tried to take it out. And like, I pushed her straight out of the room. Um, and she went falling back into the cabinet and then I slammed the door and it was like, I don't know why these behaviors are happening. Mm. And then no one rightfully sat down with me um, to figure out these behaviors. And then I went to my mom's the next week. And when I came back, I was, I was 
I was sitting down with my grandma. My grandma was kind of crying and, and the CPS worker comes in and I'm like, who's this? And they're like, I have my bads packed next to me. I don't even know why. And my grandma's not saying anything and I'm getting shuffled off to San Francisco. Mm. Yeah. So, so it was very, um, uh, I was, ex- I, I didn't know what to do. Yeah, I didn't right. emotionally react to it almost because it was almost like I was numbing out. Yeah. Like I didn't know, like I don't care about staying with my grandparents. I didn't care about going with this CPS worker. I just like almost stopped caring. Mm, like yeah. weirdly, if you think about it, I'm talking yeah. about it like the first time I actually, cause I'm very conscious now and I'm re reshuffling these things. And it's, it's interesting because I, I have never said that before about mm. like where that started and came mm. from. It makes it makes sense. I mean, you know, you were kind of around a, a whole world of chaos. I mean, your parents not having a very stable, um, you know, relationship or kind of being parents really um, makes total sense that all you knew was was chaos yourself. You were just repeating the same habits again. Yeah, my my dad, my dad, his friends got shot by the police when I, he was young, and then my dad was in the car with his best friend. Um, and they wrecked the car on a DUI. Mm. And so Shane was already dead and he moved him over and took, took responsibility. Uh, he, he, he had, he had moved to the driver, the passenger seat and moved Shane to the driver's seat. Um, to, because Shane was already dead. So you could imagine this is his best friend's. And this is also my brother's name, Shane, and that's my middle name, Shane. And so it's very dear to him. So after that happened, really shut off his emotions mm. with, with everyone. And yeah. then he was already shut down. Um, whenever I was doing mechanics with my dad, he would always say, like, hurry up or da-da-da. And I wanted to say to him, like, is that how Grandpa talked to you? Yeah. Like, is that how people treated you like doing something? Like, why are you saying that my job, I'm not doing a good enough job at this mechanic work. I'm sitting here trying to like, just be with you, not actually do this work. I don't actually want to do mechanics. I actually just want to be with you and you're putting me down for it Yeah. and you don't even know it. Right. So yeah. And then my mom, she even till this day will admit that she doesn't, she loves us, but she doesn't care to take care of us on an emotional basis because she's not emotionally there, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. You know, parents trying to do the best that they can, and here we are. We're human. Gen- right. Generational trauma, right? Yeah, gener- yeah, definitely generational, for sure. Right, so we could be like, okay, my, my parents, like, that's the way I look at it. Is uh, That's the way I look at it, and that's how I forgave my dad and mom. Yeah, like Amen. I, I totally totally with it is that i i love you yeah I, I i might not like the things you've done until i get to consciously recognize why they happened but i love you i love you for bringing me into this beautiful world that is going exactly perfectly the way it's supposed to um and teach me the things consciously that i need to and i've had the best time recently like i've had the, i've been on a yacht recently and i'm i so opened that. a ceo and and met a dude that has an island in fiji uh, named beam of light his name's beam and <sighs> and he just bought a cruise ship and like we're gonna go out there and light the world up all of us together amen brother. and um and there's just all these opportunities there's a podcast right here with my brothers you guys and um and I'm blessed, like Amen. too blessed to be stressed. Amen. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. You know, I, I love my parents. 
Yeah, man, I think it's really beautiful the points you brought up about them teaching you because in life when we run into difficult situations and dark situations, a lot of times we're like, oh, this is a dark situation and we bury it, you know, but those are our greatest teachers. So that's a really powerful and beautiful point that you brought up. And I just want to applaud you for having the bravery to share your story, you know, and consciously going through it. So thank you for showing up and doing the work for yourself, which uh, obviously is a reflection of, of the world, you know. So thank you, brother. Um, and You're welcome, guys. Let, I, let me ask you this. I work for the juvenile courts, and, and we've talked about this at great length, setting, you know, because I, I see the system from within, and, and I don't see a lot of it myself. I, I am one of those people people that will sit down and, and hear a child and, and be with a child and, and allow them to share if they're willing. But w- did you have anybody while you were in the system? I had many people. I think everyone was kind of like a chess piece to like my evolution. Right. And yeah. I had so many people at one point there was this group home in, in uh, Valley Teen ranch where the owner came to me and said, dude, we've never had a swap of employees like we had before you came and every one of them is in your house and they're all like angelic beings like they're they had my back because uh, and i'll tell you but um they came from all over the world oh, like man, some awesome. amazing people and um and i had such a great therapist there dr hoyt and she actually dragged things out of me she we went in and actually like started looking at things mm-hmm. Um, and then all of a sudden these floodgates, almost like three days of pure crying, like just floodgates. And then I kind of like backed out of it, you know, um, uh, I I was doing really good at that group home. Then my grandparents said, they'll take me back. As soon as I'm doing good, my grandparents want to take me back, Mm. you know? And so my body start freaking out. I ran away. Um, I didn't want to go back to my grandparents subconsciously and consciously like I didn't, um, but I didn't want to say no. Like, so it was a very messed up situation for me. Mm, man. Um, yeah. What were we saying? I, I, I was just asking that. about important people while you're in the system, because working within the oh, system, yes, yes. Uh, there's a lot of adults that, that just look at it as, as a paycheck and, and a job and not really go in. But, you know, people are bogged down with finances and, and an egoic society and a capitalistic society. Uh, we've been programmed to, to worry and stress about money and it's, it's disheartening, yeah. but uh, I was just kind of wondering if you had people that showed up for you and not for a paycheck. And it sounds yeah, like yeah. it did. There was, a, there was a lot of people that showed up for a paycheck. For instance, one in early March, I, I lived in a box out in the middle of the field because I was too scared, scared to go home because everyone wanted a box there. And I hadn't even been in my first uh, – no, I had already been in my first fight, but I didn't like to fight. I only fought – and showed themselves and i didn't want to show myself that way so i went to go live in a box and the parents would go out to the casino and gamble away the money and like it was i worked at the swap meet you know to help everyone set up their tents so that was pretty cool um and so i found i found treasure in it and then my sid casa worker kept on trying to come up to the house and couldn't find me and was like concerned because i didn't have a cell phone and stuff and so, like, it took a week, a week and a half for them to find me, and they moved me, like, boom, quick. Hmm. So there are those there are those parents uh, that don't get it, the hmm. parents that don't get themselves. And so I'm working on 
my organization, Sensible Excellence Life Foundation, to create retreats for foster parents to be able to come out and actually learn what the perspective is from a foster kid and what they could do to better their lives and possibly get on the train of uh, being able to do it on both sides for the foster kids and the foster parents and then doing a combined um, retreat with both. Um, so that's that's in the, that's in the works uh, consciously will happen. Um, something that I want to do because they just don't know yeah. a lot of the times they just don't know what they could do. Um, it could be all kinds of issues. And like you were saying, did you have anyone there that helped you construct and helped relate with you? No, I didn't have me there today where I'm at sitting down and talking with me. Absolutely not. Right. Absolutely not. People tried and stuff, but I don't think they were con any of them were consciously there enough. They were consciously there as they should have been and should be, right? In their role. But in their role. In their right. role. But right now we're in such an evolution. I'd go back to myself and ourselves in foster care one day and go back and make a lasting impact. And so we have that availability today to be that now for ourselves. Yeah. So amen. I could do that. So as much as I didn't have it there, it's good that it wasn't there because I had to go unconsciously and consciously through all this stuff to be able to be as powerful as we are today and mm -hmm. to to do uh, to do justice to many people. It's, it's one thing on one on one, you know, one on one transformational coaching versus like doing a group healing where people are expressing themselves and saying, hey, I have this issue. And everyone's like, hey, I got that issue, too. You know, mm -hmm. like, hey, cool. Mm -hmm. Validation. You know, cool. Yeah, um, so it's really cool. I'm really enjoying the whole group and being with family. That's beautiful, brother. It's really beautiful. You you touched on retreats and touched on uh, foster parents. You've done a couple of retreats, healing retreats. Were those with foster uh, families or were those with individuals looking for uh, interpersonal transformation? Inter, uh, individuals looking for interpersonal transformation uh, and absolutely gorgeous. Uh, I, w I would, I'm not set yet to to d deal with foster kids right now in yeah. the system on that side until i meet the right people which are coming yeah and uh that can that we could do it right yeah so this is this what i did was just getting just doing it you know getting the place at bass lake and getting uh, overpacked of people there which is great <laughs> and uh, getting my getting my confidence and heart up and and uh really like not even wanting them to leave, you know, when it, it ended, no one wants to leave. We all right. want to stay together. And it's, uh, and I'm used to having group settings where I have brothers and sisters, mostly brothers, but we, we wish we could take all of you guys. <laughs> we wish we could just go to the next place together, Yeah, you know? So it's, it's an interesting, interesting thing. Yeah. But I'm not doing a uh, foster to answer your question. It's a long way around. Right. Um, I'm not doing um, foster kid, uh, foster care, uh, like I was saying, yet, yet, yet. I say yet because it's, it's coming. happening. Yeah. Right. Amen. Yes. Yeah, I like how you are starting with the root, really the root cause of everything, the starting point versus putting the Band-Aid over it. You're really getting to the, the ground of everything before applying yourself to it. Yeah. So Thank what you, do – do you have do you have something there? No, go ahead. Um, so what do – what did your retreat or do your retreats entail? If you'd like to share details of, of some of the work that's done, because I know we've talked about some of the modalities that you probably use. So if you'd like to share uh, your light within the retreat, man, that would be beautiful. 
Okay, so so my my light is is um, showing up, yeah. <laughs> showing up, creating the retreat, and corresponding with the peeps. Them into a sm- uh, people. You don't even go into the rest of the house. It's, I tell everyone they have an option. I have a whiteboard up that says you could take off your clothes or keep them on at your own comfortability. But this is what will affect you if you take your clothes off. Um, the smoke actually gets onto your skin, whereas most people that are smudging with shoes and stuff, they're going underneath the feet, and they have an intention to clear. So if you have an intention to clear, you could do it with the clothes on. Um, but it's best it, – most people don't have that strong intention or vision for right. clearing the body. And so you, it's good to just take the clothes off, then the smoke will intentionally do the work it was set to do in the first place without your intention. Right. So. That definitely sets the pace for everyone being pace that it doesn't bring energies on from the highways and the, the upsetness that you might be experiencing and kind of settles you into the space. And out front says, leave. You have your choice to leave um, in this basket. Just imagine yourself throwing all your stuff in this basket that you just brought and just throw it in here and just leave it at the store. And at the ending, you have the choice to, to not take anything back with you. But you can. But you yeah. can. You have sovereign it. choice, right? It's okay. Yeah. It's a sovereign choice. And it might pop up again. Mm, you right. know, things pop up over and over again because we each get a different lesson until you get up non-upset with it. And you're like consciously just aware of it. And you're like, cool. You know, right. like like you get better and better each time this pops up. So some some people think that um, that you just get rid of something right away. No, you're just dealing with a layer of something. The stains in life don't the stains in life don't go away. They continue to happen. It's just how your detergent <laughs> continues to grow over the years and how you yes. push it through that washing cycle. Because it's still going to happen. But what tools do we use to make it better? How do we how do we get through it? How do we grow? Sometimes we don't know. We're in, this, we're in this huge dormitory, and we have a cuddle puddle, which is a huge blanket that we throw down, and everybody lays down. We did a hape ceremony, which hape uh, is to open up your energy centers. And with massive intention and great music, uh, we had wonderful experiences. Uh, there was this lady that was completely not open, um, and she just, like, after doing hape, her heart opened, and she was just leaned back into Alexander, my mate, um, and she was just let go and surrendered more than I've ever seen anyone do it on their first time. That that uh, holding on to everything. What is that? Is that what we did yeah. when we went on the retreat with James? Yeah. So so if you could explain to our listeners that may not be familiar what that is. So Hoppe is from the Amazon. So what happens is the shamanics over there, they sit down with barks that are off the ayahuasca tree. There's bark, tobaccos that they use, and different uh, uh, basic barks and mm. roots, and and they powder it down so much. And about a week of trance, like these shamans go into like a week of trance most of the times, and they they sit with this in a very powerful way, and they dive into it, and they consciously construct an intention for how it's going to affect you. So a lot of the hapes will say spiritual purification, immunity warrior, our heart opener, which is cocao. So they actually put cocao and might put different things in it, like I bark and, um, but mostly cocao, and it goes up your nose. Oh, actually, look at this. Nice. Oh, nice. Yep. Great. Oh, <laughs> got some in there. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it, 
Nice. Yeah. yeah. After you bless it, you I go pyramid yeah. and down my chakras, and and then and then I hold breathe in, hold it, and then and just it, almost immediately it starts getting more and more in depth, and you just. Uh, feel the energy in your body everyone's different i i call it diving in a pool of your own energy mm-hmm. and most people don't know that they don't even experience the energy within themselves mm-hmm. like when you breathe a bunch like dude like 50 rounds of breath or 50 50 breaths and like three rounds you'll feel your whole energy body you'll feel like oh man my skin's not the only thing that i'm in mm-hmm. there's actually energy in here happening so it opens up that it opens up your heart um and then you could totally shut it down though Mm-hmm. so it's great medicine if you it, allow it yeah it um so it's a it's a powder that's like shot up your nose uh for those that couldn't see and it is the most um overwhelming thing i think i've experienced before and it w- but it was like it was like a a shower for my brain <laughs> like it was so overwhelming at first and I didn't know what to do. And then I can see where breathing comes into play because one of the things I had to do was breathe through that because I didn't know what to do. I was so overwhelmed. I was like, what, what, what do I do with this? <laughs> right. And um, yeah, and you have to sit back in your thoughts and you have to really be calm in that moment of panic because um, it is kind of overwhelming at first. But uh, after I did it the first time, um, it really just brought me back to an absolute center every time I did it. Yeah. yeah, it's really refreshing. Yeah, it clears and the then brain. You could from... ask your... <clears throat> Go ahead, brother. Uh, you could ask yourself who is uh, while you're on it, uh, while you're under it, because the medicine's always in you after it's in you. Um, but it, you could ask yourself who is the one that uh, is saying that they they don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. You know who who is this the observer. Uh, story saying that he doesn't know what to do? That's something that's instantly coming up for you mm-hmm. uh, but we are so attached to that personality of talking to ourselves that we don't realize that that's the small story sometimes mm-hmm. that i don't know what to do and and so you learn to it, that you have a modality of letting being able to like r- realize that and be aware of that and then be like i release control i surrender to the flow you know um so those are those are super super um i mean you you had something pop up right away for you oh yeah um so that's what i see is that like as we get deeper and deeper we could look at like who's saying these things where is these things coming from so and and sitting in our energy with that so i just want to say that oh that's beautiful brother absolutely it's like a it clears all the fog for me. You know, it's just like all the fog of, uh, in all three pillars, really. My physical vessel feels charged. My my mental clarity is, is unlike anything. I just feel so energized and so powerful after experiencing that plant modality. And it's, man, I, do you, I would like to connect with you to, to maybe get some of that yeah. as well. Because I don't, I don't have a source at the moment, so... Yeah, absolutely. I could definitely connect both of you guys. And then I'll send a link for you to put underneath the podcast if you want. Absolutely. Um, just so viewers could um, get the the medicine. Um, I would. So I had a friend say, is, is it addictive? And I say, a shaman told me once, he said anything and anything. I don't, yeah, anything. It could be 
anything. It, 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 meditation, anything. It You're absolutely right. Clothing. It can be anything and everything. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and that's so, the balance of life. Yes. That's where we yeah. find healing. So you could find yourself really going into hoppe. Like every time I'd get upset, I'd be like. Yeah, yeah, right. Like, like, just put it up your nose and uh, snort that stuff. Uh, um, <laughs> so it's 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 coming to terms with like dealing with things that even use anything on that of this upsetness. It could be in a conversation with someone. Everything seems upset around you, but or when when everything's upset around me, and some parts of me has got to be upset. Yeah. So I could choose to continue in this chaos or come to the divine presence within and be still and use my modalities to be like, none of this I have to attach to. Right. I see it all. I release it all. It's all good. And you just like imagine a river flowing and you breathe in the water, clearing the energy and seeing smoke sage just smoke over your body from your crown to your feet. And then you see roots go into the ground. You touch a tree, you take your shoes off, you go for a walk, you know, all those different things until you feel like this overwhelming calmness come over you and you continue on because sometimes I could be like rushing in and fools rush in, Right. Like right. fools rush in and all this upset energy I can blame or I could take responsibility for is once you consciously get recognized as all that is, then you're doing it. Right. <laughs> you're creating that chaos. Like take a minute, pull over, especially if you're in a car. Don't put yourself in a freaking situation where you're endangering other parts of consciousness and yourself. Pull over, take your shoes off, walk on the side of the road, jump up and down, you know, let the world know you're a little crazy, you know, and and it's all good. Drink some water, take a breath. You're going to get where you're getting because you're already there. Right. <clears throat> yeah. Always there. You know, one thing I, I like to uh, bounce things off of from with with anything, and I think that's kind of the addiction um, thing for anything. Am I using this to escape my reality, or am I using this to enhance my reality because I'm in a good place and this is a tool to make me smile or make me happy or clear my energy? You know, so that that's one question that I always ask myself when I find myself uh, questioning, like, uh, what, what is your intention behind this? Yeah, escape or enhance? So. Yeah. Yeah. I hey, think, the, oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Eric. I was just going to say, I think that can be applied like in a sense, like a question I started asking myself early on in my process is, does this move? And then. Right. Yeah, that That's so important to me. Like my evolution and like we're going to talk about plant-based eating and, um, and, and drinking a lot of water like you're doing and how mm. to drink that water. Um, that matters. You know, like I, since being on plant-based diet, have felt so good. My energy, my frequency. Um, I was out at the fancy food show, and someone came and gave me a little uh, um, Bloody Mary, mm -hmm. and it had alcohol in it. And I immediately felt my uh, my frequency, like, get distorted. Lower, yeah. I started talking to people over, ran. Um, I You cannot do it days on end. Like, you can't drink and be like, hey, I'm going to stabilize my energy and frequency. Uh, drinking days on end that I was like I'm done with alcohol 
Yeah. That's because of choice. Is it a distraction or is it is it like is it doing anything for me? No, it never does anything for me. It, it actually if I think I'm gaining a personality out of it to be this spectacular person in the room after I've drank a couple of alcohol, why not work on it on a level to where you didn't get it with the alcohol? Right. You know, and and so and I'm not there. be aware of 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 your frequency. And whether that alcohol is more important than your frequency um, or, or where you're going with it, what tool are you using? Are, are, are you doing it because you went out with the dad and and had a drink with them versus having some water and showing your dad, hey, why are you drinking water, son? And, you know, like, hey, I, I put my seat. So you have your seat. So he's like, oh, you're you're man, you're messing up. And it's like, no, I'm actually messing in. Um, <laughs> messing in. I like that. <laughs> hey, hey. I, 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 the seesaw is for electrolytes, dad, and the water is to fill my boat because I know I wouldn't go pour oil in my gas tank mm. when it's a, when it's an, un, it's unleaded 91, you know, supercar. I'm not going to do that. Right. You know, so, so I got to be very choosy on what I'm choosing. And when I let go of all that stuff and I started doing that, I, I started wine like the yacht party. People drank. There are people that were stumbling over themselves, you know, uh, and 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 communicating not in a way that they chose to come with, and and they lost uh, potential and they lost deals, yeah. you know, the deal of connection. And so there's a difference between being responsible with it and and not getting what you deserve. Right. You yeah. deserve, we deserve to have proper conversation. We deserve to be, uh, I deserve, we deserve to, to be able to talk to beam and, and be able to be in our own energy and being able to function and know that, Hey, you're like, whatever happens right here. I know I got great energy and I know that it's going to be okay. You know? Yeah. That's so that, that's something I think we share a similar, uh, uh, opinion on is, is with alcohol. Um, me just for my, for myself is I couldn't, I didn't know when to stop. Like I, I just wanted it, that good feeling to just continue to keep going and that mask, you know, that I was wearing, like, I just wanted that to continue, but I didn't know how to handle alcohol. So I, I could see what you're saying, uh, as far as, um, quitting alcohol. Was that, was that like your reasoning? Um, because you knew it was like, uh, preventing you from other things in your life or was it a problem for you? Does that make sense? So, yeah, no, it was, it, I, you think you have control over it. Yeah. <laughs> you think, yeah. uh, until you take uh, a shot of, I bought someone a shot at the bar uh, of tequila yeah. and bought myself a shot at, of tequila mm -hmm. and, uh, there was stuff happening on a whole nother conscious level that I didn't realize that my body was picking up on, which was my mate and what was happening. And I got in my, I got in my car and my car is super fast. It goes like 180, 190 miles an hour. Yeah. And I floored it down yeah. the back road and I go around this bend and I'm, I'm, I get out of this bend and I let go of the gas and my back tire went and just let loose. And I'm looking at this fence, this bob wire fence. And all of a sudden I see two light beings on the side of me and Adi and Michael. And I turned, I turned around and I've, I've known that they've been there for, they always with me. And I turned around and all of a sudden I'm in this olive grove. Hmm. Like 
I thought I'd crashed the car. I thought it was messed up. I thought I was like, had to walk home. I got out of the car. I looked at it. I thought, oh shit. And then I looked at it and I looked at it and I was like, there's nothing wrong with the car. Mm. I wasn't upset. My blood wasn't pumping. I got back in the car, drove it back, thought, oh shoot, totally dismissed the fact that Adi and Michael were there and said, oh man, I like got this, you you know, and this, this ignorant behavior, ignorance, ignoring the facts that I almost died. Yeah. You know, like I over, over being upset on a whole different level and all these different things that I didn't realize at the time. Alcohol will do that. Definitely. And got back to the house, drove in, parked the car. And, and I, I, uh, the next morning I woke up and I saw myself go through the fence. Hmm. I saw myself, I got shown in a different timeline, it's timeline jumping. They had taken me to a different timeline and saved my butt from that happening. And, um, but it's instant, you know, that death is instant. And the car was completely in shambles. It was done. Hmm. And so, yeah, that's the moment when I said, nah, I'm cool. So I stopped going to that bar that I was at. I haven't been to another bar in my town. Um, and then I was out at the fancy food show and there was alcohol in the drink and I took a drink and I was like, Oh shit. And immediately, as soon as I took it, I felt my energy frequency and I was like, Nope, no more, no more. Right. Even if Alexandra goes out and wants proper drinks, or she likes proper drinks, smoked proper drinks. I am cool. Yeah. I'll have another drink. I'm cool. I've, I've, I've been shown so much and guess what, what happens is if I choose that, it's like suicide. I'm going to have to do it all over again and to get back to the same point where I'm at Mm. versus versus saying, Hey, I've been shown enough that if I take this drink, it's going to show me even more of the reasons why I should not drink. Lessons get louder. Yeah. Everyone drink whatever the hell you want to drink and do whatever you want to do because you will be shown if you're not supposed to do it. Like I can't do meth now. Like back in the day I did meth uh, after I got beat by the police in 2015 um, for a sound violation. Um, I went in the garage and my next door neighbor was a drug dealer. I started doing meth. Mm, To this day, I can't look at meth. I can't look at a pipe. I will vomit in my mouth. My higher, who we are, lets us know when enough is enough. And it'll make you throw up when you see something. It'll make you not. It'll make you get those lessons over and over again. And my consciousness, my ability to be with Beam and you guys and, and, and expand in consciousness and the light in this world and the mission of why I'm here is much more important than taking a drink to appease the person that's next to me or to appease myself into the insecurity of attachment to not feeling accepted in a crowd to drink to have to um, numb that out enough to be able to uh while out you know that's not important to me anymore like i have a beautiful woman i want to go home with i don't need to go to a bar um i don't need to go meet (laughs) i'm gonna get shown on much more right you know and we'll get shown what we're supposed to get shown to to be able to be here to do that and that's okay everyone's right where they're supposed to be and i love all of you i love all of us we love you brother yeah you know, what What I found in life, too, is life will also continue to bring those type of people into your life to see if you've truly integrated the lesson or if you're going to backslide. 
So, so for me and my experiences is people have come into my life to show me where I'm at as a measuring ground that don't necessarily resonate at the same frequency, but are the universe is sending you there to see how solidified you are in a certain just because your field doesn't necessarily mean you're resonating at that. That may be the universe saying, Hey, are you truly solid in that higher frequency or are you ready to backslide? So it's like a universal test of, of have you le- learned this lesson? Because a lot of times what happens and I'm just as guilty is I see the lesson, but I don't integrate it. Mm. And that's a big thing with what I see with plant modalities is, is people sit with these uh, medicines, but the integration afterwards is the most crucial part. But there's not a lot of talk of the integration process because that could take a whole life. You sit with whatever it may be. Um, the experience is powerful, but the integration is where the growth is. You know, and I would like you to to touch on your ayahuasca experience because neither one of us have have ever experienced ayahuasca. So beautiful. Um, uh, you're right about the integration. Uh, so the place that I go for ayahuasca really um, uh, is a beautiful place. It's in a, a reservation in Hollister, and it's inexpensive to do it. And so I showed up by myself. Which what is, is inexpensive? For me. I'm curious. Inexpensive is like 300 bucks. Inexpensive, okay. Uh, so now it's like 350 so they're raising the price. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, which is cool. Hey, do what you got to do. Becoming um, more recognized, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah, and they all speak English, so it's really easy to communicate. Uh, whereas, both experiences are valid because a lot of those people in the Amazon are freaking great. When they touch you, you you, you have an experience. Feel like, a shift. Uh, right? Feel. They know how to shift energy because that's all they've ever done. They're uh, they're actually so not knocking at being over there, but. Being home and being able to go two hours and uh, two hours and a half to your destination and do ayahuasca was pretty incredible for me. Um, I saw my then my seven generations back as being Makahape, which is which is my tribal name, uh, and I would go from nation to nation speaking peace and a bringer of peace and communication. And so that was my job. And I saw myself when I first took the medicine. I saw this bridge open up and i could see the huge 36 foot teepee that's here in this dimension and then i was all of a sudden up on a horse and i saw all of us um warriored up and ready to go and i saw the women and children walking around the teepee oh wow so yeah super amazing but the first time so so that that was right after i that was at the end of the ceremony after i'd done sound healing the first mother i was come on, come on. And I was like, no, no, <laughs> I'm going to stay right out here. I'm going to stay right out here. I ain't going in here. Right. I, I'm cool. You know? And I started playing my native flute because then the feeling became overwhelming because it was like trying to pull me into that direction. And then it lightened up my native flute, helped me to lighten it up. And I came back in and then the sound healer got really sick. Um, there was two sound healers and I got asked to come do sound healing. And I was able to play the flute beautifully. I played it better than I've ever played it. Um, I got the, I got accepted up on stage. Everybody told me how much how great my music was, and that was beautiful for me. So that was healing. 
to know that my music's going to be appreciated when I get up here on stage um, and my own stage, being able to uh, to do what magic I'm supposed to do in this world and be okay with it, like we all have to go through. And so that was my first stage, just peeling off that. And uh, Horatio, which is the leader there, he said, this is only one layer. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> really? I thought, I, I'm happy as hell right now. I've got 80 people here with their hearts, what, 80? With wow. their hearts wide open. And they're they're throwing up their, what's not good for them. And they're releasing that. And they're losing that judgment of, like, fear of throwing up or, like, having that, you know, everyone's, like, afraid of, like, even coughing right. now, mm-hmm. you know? Um, <laughs> so... Yeah, so being able to throw up and scream and yell and let it out, let it out and be in a space to where you could turn into a, whatever you need to turn into to uh, allow that to to be expressed. So I think that's a really cool, um, that's really cool. So that was my first layer. So that was the, um, the outer experience, I would say, the expression of the outer experience fully. And then the second time I came, it was a surrender uh, and so, uh, no, the second time was an outside inside experience. So I went inside and I found my wolf spirit. I turned into a wolf, uh, just full, full in it, scuffing the ground, uh, and then turn it, uh, uh, Gloria, which is Horchato's wife comes by and she's like, the Mustangs are coming. And all of a sudden she's like, the Mustangs are coming. And she went right by me and, and I turn into a wild Mustang and I'm bucking in the air. And like, they, uh, they kind of scooted me over away from everyone because I was like, I was fully expressing everything that came through me. I, and then, um, I was, I was talking in, uh, Anoki, um, a Russian, um, uh, there's uh, many different languages I was talking in and the other people picked the, you know, you said, uh, you know, you said this and like, and you didn't know um, these languages previously. No. <laughs> wow. No, except the fact that Anoki I did before when I, uh, Adi, which is my mother angel came to me and reminded me that I know Anoki. And so I was able to speak and bless and I still can't speak and bless, um, with Anoki and that's angel dialect. Um, so being able to uh, re re enter, because um, I, as speaker of nations, I, I was able to speak all the languages on different consciousness constructs such as Anoki, and different um, like some people know different things for different reasons. But Anoki is I for me the highest vibration of blessings that I could put upon groups and and cacao ceremonies and stuff. So it's super cool. Um, and so, uh, so the third time I came, I came, uh, I went out of that ceremony. Uh, the lady that had invited me, she's, she called and she's like, how are you doing? And I'm like, I'm doing great. And, uh, I was like, my, this one's going to be about surrender. She's like, laughed at me. The first time was a rejection of the inside and to face the outside. The second one was about going inside and face, bridging that with the outside. And this one's going to be about surrender. And she's like, okay. And literally, <laughs> the last one I showed up with, I was suicidal. Mm. Like, I brought all my suicidal tendencies to the so much that when I showed up there, I had split up my relationship with Alexandra. I had pushed everyone away, everything. I killed off everything and sat with myself. And... Uh, and I go to Iowa. You look like I, I was a straight skeleton. Mm. 
she looked like I was just a skeleton. I couldn't see my face. It was just a skeleton. That's how much death I brought to the table. Mm. So willing to die. Mm-hmm. You know, a surrender. That's the ultimate sacrifice in my my book is like suicide. You're done. You're 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 saying you're 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 letting everything go. Right. You're you don't want none of it. Yeah. Reset. You know? So different different aspect and idea of what suicide is to for people that have dealt with that. And it's okay because we don't disappear. We're always here. Ah. And uh, several times and stuff. Witness timeline switches and stuff several times. And so my third one was about surrender. I had a choice to add this big old bag of molly, which is a great way to go out if you're going to go out, right? And um, I was going (laughs) to stick it up my butt and be done, you know? That's an interesting uh, plan, brother. (laughs) Right? Hey, but it's true. It's authentic. Yeah, it's authentic. Right. It, it was the things that had I had thought about growing up, you know, except half the time you don't have the right stuff there to do it. So it's like, I'm not going to go out the painful way because that's, I don't want to hurt myself like that. I just don't want to deal with this shit. It's a different level for, for the world in a different way to alleviate the pains and constructs that we lost anything. And, and so, um, so the, I sat and she told me this, which made a lot of sense to a lot of things I'm doing now, is that if you choose that, you're going to have to do it all over again, but at a deeper level and come back to be right where you're at. And I was like, oh, shoot, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> shit. And right. That's I what you away. heard when you asked yourself. That's what Alexander told me. Mm. When, when, when I, and I was like, okay. And I went to, I went away from everyone's shrooms and I went over every reason every reason why things have happened uh and to to the point of uh it all dying once it was realized hmm. so it was all the process so really what i say this is that you have to set your you have to trust the process you're going to get crazy you're going to get depressed you're going to get fucking mood swings you're going to say f you're going to say b you're going to you're going to yell at people you might you might uh uh things happen when right. you're on your way to a great place and that's okay and as far as couples and give them space say for you to be upset right now it's okay like be aware of where you're pointing it but it's okay to be be it's okay where, to be human where you're at yeah yeah so you you yes absolutely and it's okay because you've went through everyone's went through something and tragic like every everybody nine yeah. eleven hey like right. everybody nine eleven was pretty devastating right to like the whole world yeah. so like like the, there's trauma there and it's okay to cry it's okay to scream it's okay to punch something it's okay to uh it's okay to breathe it's okay to hug your neighbor it's okay to um not accept a hug it's okay it's okay it's okay amen and because if you allow yourself to travel through the plant medicine through what you need to do you will wind up on the other side of greatness i promise you i promise you because i couldn't have released that much and surrendered that much um so into ayahuasca unless i allowed and trusted the process and the more the process and i didn't trust the process at first and it's okay if you don't uh but as soon as you see bang after bang pop up that it's okay you're safe just resist it just accept it and be like hey it's okay i gotta go i gotta be depressed today or hey i gotta be depressed for the next hour i got you know and so i'm 
I'm going to, this is the third time I took the shrooms. I woke up like I've never felt before. I felt blissful, happy, alive. And I went back and immediately, Alex didn't even say like you couldn't, like she said, you're not going to go like this to the ceremony the night before. That day she said, yep. And we got back together like without even saying anything. Like we never broke up and uh, sat right next to her. And I took two cups of ayahuasca and I put my head and I surrendered. Mm -hmm. I did exactly what I said I was going to do because mm -hmm. I knew the patterns. There's patterns in this. Yeah. And if you look at the patterns, you could see them. And so I saw the pattern and I surrendered and I haven't been back to ayahuasca. Um, I'll probably go as a helper or whatnot, but I don't, I don't, the medicine's in me. And when you surrendered, uh, what else do you have to to learn and unless mother ayahuasca um, calls me back and says hey i need you for a journey um to expand to this i'll go right mother ayahuasca will call you right don't don't try to push it don't rush it because if you rush it you'll get with the wrong crowd you'll go with the wrong medicine and the wrong intention and you'll be rushing something and you're going to learn something from it for sure maybe that's your lesson but i don't, right. <laughs> I don't like rushing stuff no more <laughs> <laughs> that's uh that's a word i so i listened to like a, a few of your videos and you and chad's conversations that are out on youtube and that's a word that i wrote down um it is rushing um you like that's a word that's very prominent in your videos um in the things that in your conversations that you have is rush on tremendous absolutely yeah, dude cool. yeah um uh should I keep doing them? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But don't sure. rush. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I'm, yeah exactly. Point taken. Point taken. Oh, man, point nice. taken. So I, I think out of the fear of being accepted that I'd rush projects to make them devastated. So you wouldn't have to witness the ends happening of them happening. Cause you couldn't because I never got them finished. So you wouldn't be able to say you liked them or disliked them. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So there, that's one construct of like, and then, and then rushing projects. So then there's a lot of reasons why you rush. There is. I think one of the things we encounter every day is, is traffic and rushing around from physically doing thing to thing. And that can really translate in your head of rushing around from different feeling to feeling and, and just living this like fear and flight kind of mode every day. And it just, I think for most people, it does translate from the road to your head. Uh, it's a good correlation to, to understand most people. Um, yeah, I, I think there's something there. I'm not, I'm not sure what it is, but the moment I started paying attention more myself, I'm like, am I rushing from place to place? Or am I processing everything that I'm going through? Am I, am I just thinking these thoughts? Or am I actually processing what I'm thinking? Yeah, that's good, man. Right. So what's your, what's your, um, what's your, uh, give me an example maybe on, on your, your ability to, um, push something, a, a, a thought, let it just go through and, 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 um, processing something. Yeah, sure, man. Like, so like if I encounter like a, um, 
like a stressor at work, let's just say, because work is where I spend a good majority of my time. Um, let's just say I encounter some sort of stressor, whether it be good, bad, or indifferent. Um, I typically go through like a, a three-step process. Like how do I, um, how do I feel about this situation? How do I uh, deal with this situation? And then how do I heal from this situation? And that typically allows me to get over that bridge of either getting past it or getting through it or continuing to think about it throughout the day and process it. So so really like just an equation that I've come up with that I use to process an emotion and get through. And then something I use on the back end of that once I have processed that whole thought is um, are essential oils. Um, I use essential oils to after I'm done processing, take a deep breath, which is another thing I noticed about your videos. And I know that you and Chad have in common as, as well as myself. Um, but I take a deep breath of essential oils after I've went through that process. And then it just puts me back in a whole different space. Yeah. Hmm. So what happens, what happens if you, you process something and what happens if you don't? And what happens energetically for you? It's going to happen either way. I mean, energetically, I've learned to understand that it's going to happen either way and to not let that affect me. I mean, but, you know, sometimes things do. But you just got to you got to take that and let that be part of the equation and part of you and just get better from it. But the end result. Yeah. But the end result of not like feeling good about something like shouldn't at least in my opinion shouldn't make the equation any better like the way you feel about something doesn't make me uh feel differently about it if that yeah and, and so for me if i don't process it um i i get processed yeah um, yeah so so it's like um more and more unstabilization will come in and as soon as i process it i become stable yeah you know um so it feels really like it's like an argument happening. You're arguing in your head yeah. and like you think that someone did you wrong and like you're just arguing about it and yeah. all of a sudden you're complaining about this person you're complaining about the trees and you're complaining <laughs> about the grass, you know, everything. And uh, and, and then you process why uh, sit and breathe like and you realize where all this is coming from and then you really get into like where it started what triggered that and what in my life, where in the lineage did that trigger in to trigger me to learn that trigger of like, like most people don't know rush hour, like rushing in rush hour. They literally put a spell on everyone saying rush hour Mm -hmm. and everybody says, Oh, it's rush hour. Mm -hmm. So what does everyone think it's rushing? So everybody's rushing. There's cars crashing. There's people making a lot of money on you rushing. Um, right. there's a whole industry on people. Um, so yeah, so fast food, right? Time, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to undo the spell. I'm going to, when I'm, when I'm in this, this power hour, uh, I'm going to read an audio. I'm going to listen to an audio book and know that that's what's happening to everyone else. I'm going to get in this lane, which usually is the most, um, and really be aware and um, constructive on how you're going to discipline yourself in a uh, when you leave work at four o'clock, you're in downtown Los Angeles and you know things are going to be crazy. But you also know that things are going to be crazy if you allow it to be crazy and that you could get with the whole class of people that figured it out. 
and that will match up to you frequency magnetically and it's all you that figured it out and you'll all of a sudden be flowing through what was chaos before getting your audio learning breathing enjoying and being like man this ain't that bad living right. downtown los angeles <laughs> <laughs> right you know? or it could be like man downtown los angeles everybody's always rushing uh, uh there's horrible people here they're all they're all snooty and it's like they moved to denver colorado and and all of a sudden people are snooty out there and they're saying the same thing and they're like oh it's me you know, it's it's me right. that is taking me with me, yeah. and I have to con- creatively construct. So I think that's the difference between uh, processing something and not processing something is that you're still on that road going down that sickle of existence, down that same freeway, doing the same thing every day. You're insane, right? And and tell you tell you acknowledge the patterns and what and create it, and you become the conscious creator of your reality, right? And then all of a sudden you find a road that leads you around all that traffic. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're like, how did I right. not know about this before? Because you weren't processing, right? right? <laughs> I'm going to go meet Chad Hoffler, uh, a different aspect of Chad Hoffler and Eric in <laughs> Los Angeles and spend an hour with them constructing things. Let everybody go home and then go home. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to utilize my, my creation time uh, with creating uh, a great reality. <laughs> Amen, brother. Amen, yeah. man. <laughs> yeah. Man, what a beautiful conversation. So grateful to yeah. finally have you on, brother. Yeah, this is great. This is great. I, I feel calmer. I've I've been since the last time we actually showed up on video. You could probably tell a huge difference in, yeah. in everything and the way I'm speaking and the way I'm being and the way I'm acting. I'm showing up. You know, right. when I say yeah. I'm going to make a phone call, being on it, you know, <laughs> uh, there's several phone calls that we've had that I've been like so crazy in my reality that I'm like, oh, shit, I let him down, yeah. you know, and then I had to face who's this person saying that he let down anyone. Right. And 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 being being like, OK, but I'm letting myself down. Like I'm not making, I'm not, I don't know how to use my calendar on my iPhone. And now I do. I love my calendar. It works great for me. I love my calendar. I love sharing it with my mate and, and we both know what's going on in important dates and yeah. she knows when I need my space. And so it's important. All the key points basically is what I'm saying is that I've grown a whole lot and to the next video that we will make, uh, and, and the retreats that we will create together and co-host um, that, uh, that I've grown and I'll continue to grow because that's what I'm about. Amen. And I, I wanted to add in there because I didn't finish off. We did because when people understand that they have controlled their breath uh, in the retreat, they leave better um, and stronger and empowered than knowing they could calm down any point to be able to start training themselves to be able to construct and get get through these things that need to happen and without breath it's near near impossible well it's impossible because we need to breathe but (laughs) if you breathe deeper and you're aware of it so then we had sound healing we had two sound healers on both sides of the room which is ancient sound healing frequency and we everybody got a healing there and sealed up the energy and ultra walked everyone through a chakra house meditation and introduced them to their chakra houses which some people's are dirty. Some people's aren't turned on at all. They're not spinning. The right. chakra wheels are supposed to spin. And so 
she walked through and would clear out the houses and then um, help them uh, energize them. I fell asleep on that one uh, because I was out. She, she, I, I, I went out on that one. So, but um, everybody stayed awake and um, they had to like nudge me because I was snoring. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> this guy over here. Um, but I've been, I've been awake. Uh, for many of her meditations and there i mean that you see a tiger before then after she up and so much that after we were all done we went outside and there was eight deer or so that came with huh. another deer that was limping and brought their deer to heal oh wow and it sat down right in the middle of all of them wow and and so yeah and i got pictures of this stuff and uh just uh super super powerful um and nobody wanted to leave wow. and uh we had uh, we had a lady that drove from San Diego that said your retreat. I've never went out and did anything, so it was overwhelming. But your retreat was amazing. Um, she came all the way by herself, a single woman, and and brought herself there. We had two majors in the military there. Oh man, majors. Yeah, yeah. amazing. And that's major. Yeah, and doing <laughs> Yeah, that's major. That's major. <laughs> And I didn't even know it. I didn't even know that until they told me. And uh, I just happened to pull military men, you know, and, and, and women. Um, we just come together. Because I feel like I've been in the military my whole life in the battleground. I just warrior, do. brother. Just, yeah. It's a warrior yeah. warrior archetype. <clears throat> yeah, dude. I, I, I've, yeah, yes. I will die over and over again for you. <laughs> Don't even think twice about it. Hey, dude. look at the shirt I happen to be it. wearing. The wolf. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Nothing's right. coincidence, huh? Nothing's a coincidence right here, bro. Nice, oh. man. That's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> Alexandra has one on her neck. She, we got, she got a pink uh, the rose quartz, and it's it was only laying together. There was only two of them. Oh, and wow. she's got one around her neck. And Dude, we are super powerful together. I love having a mate that could just <coughs> – I mean – we we open portals and doors all over the place. It's crazy, and I see them like it's it's just it's also amazing to be settled in a woman that um e even though we both go through stuff that that loves me unconditionally and that's big from being in foster care where right. I didn't feel loved by myself or anyone else to being with a woman that I I mean I've wild out several times just to see if she could hold on you know <laughs> and she holds on every single yeah, time man, it's and, and no then, better feeling. Yeah, and she does the same thing. She wiles out, and, and she's like, can you hold on? Yeah, yeah let me show you something. I'm like, yeah, no judgment. <laughs> still here, baby, still here. Yeah, so yeah. Man, that's really beautiful. Yeah, man. Thank and, you, guys. And, and I see your growth, brother. It, it has been some time since we've had our Sunday conversations, and, and if you're willing to start that back up, I am too, brother. So, um, man, I'm happy for you. Yeah. I see you. So I wish I wish the listeners could see you smiling from ear to ear, man. They hear it. They they, they feel it for sure, man. For sure. And and you could always catch me. I just started my Instagram up. Uh, it's on Self Foundation Thirty Three. Uh, it's Makahape. You'll see my name up there. I I go by Jonathan Smith. And when people need to relate to me in this this world, but in in another realm, I just go by Makahape which maca root is for blood circulation. I think circulation is the creative energy that we are. Mm -hmm. And hape, which is what medicine I love giving. Uh, so it's interesting that it's maca hape. Yeah. It's just a beautiful name, a giver of life. Jonathan is, I, I am a gift to the world. So 
I, I just uh, will keep on being a blessing. I think we all will. I know we all will. I don't I think it. That. Another thing I want to add to everyone here, a gift, a gift, a takeaway, a takeaway to everyone is when I say I want money, when I say I want something, I'm saying I don't have it. Right. I have money. I have wealth. I have abundance. I have the best and brightest. Uh, I surrender to the highest good of all and surrender the desire of the lowest frequencies. And I have all highest frequencies. I have, I have, I have, I have, I have. Not, I, be, be very careful with the verbiage and uh, uh, be aware of the verbiage that you're using and, and uh, possibly correct it and be like, huh, that word said I don't have something. Hmm, what word can I use to say I do have, right. oh, I do have best relationships, best connect my work flow so effortlessly. Um, so just being aware. So yeah, I wanted to give that out. Something Amen. That came. I want to give gifts to, to the, to us free gifts. That's a good nugget. <laughs> That's a good nugget to yep. pass out, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's really beautiful. Yeah. Jonathan, thank you so much for, for joining us at the round table and shining your beautiful light on our podcast and can't wait to have you back, brother. Yeah, we'll definitely see you on the next one, bro. <laughs> love you guys. Man. Hey, love, yeah, you love you too, you too brother. Man. You have a wonderful time at your festival. Yes. And thank you, Eric. I appreciate meeting you. And, uh, and anytime you guys, you guys got me. Yeah. You yep. guys got Amen. me. Absolutely. Okay. Love you, man. Have a great love day, bro. Peace. See you. Peace. Yeah. <laughs> And for all you listeners, we are so grateful that you joined us another week at the roundtable. Eric, you have anything in closing, brother? That's it. That's it. Great job. I think that's a wrap. Good job, Jonathan. Jonathan, you the man. Yeah, Love you guys. Until yep. next week. Peace. Everything's already alright, always alright, always alright.